Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. I was just talking and we're sort of, over the next couple of weeks, going to be wrestling with the, uh, a thought around uh, relationships. I suppose it's this time of the year where um, uh, often uh, relationships are flagged up. I, I even see Aldi getting in on the act in terms of Valentine's Day and how much cheaper it would be to buy flowers and and uh, chocolates from, from there. But uh, uh, this morning, uh, next Sunday, Christian's going to speak about uh, marriage. We believe in Arena Church in marriage. We believe in uh, it still being a great bedrock uh, truth in, our, in the well-being of our society. But this morning, I'm going to try and wrestle for a few moments with actually the truth of singleness. It affects many people, people in the life of our church. And I'm going to try and just tease that out this morning from the word and uh, if you say well that's not me you may be in a position through this ministry to help other people on this journey as well so the bible verse this morning for me is from Matthew chapter 19 and unusually for me I'm quoting from the message not because I've got anything wrong with the message I like it but I don't normally use the message uh, for my text uh, from the pulpit I normally use the New International Version, but I think it just works this morning. Interestingly, Jesus is talking about everyday issues. And what I love about Jesus is that he, he didn't back away from the challenges of the day. So if you read Matthew 19, you'll find that Jesus is talking about marriage. He's actually also talking about divorce. Both those things affect our society and have affected people in our church and then he went on to the thought of singleness and I'd like to read the verses to you it says not everyone is mature enough to live a married life it requires a certain aptitude and grace it's not for everyone some from birth never seem to give marriage a thought others never asked or accepted some decide not to get married for kingdom reasons I'll come to that in a moment But if you're capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, do so. There's a great amount of wisdom in those words. The other major teaching point on marriage and singleness in the New Testament is in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And Bible commentators over the years have sort of wrestled with the fact of whether the Apostle Paul, one of the great leaders of the New Testament, was married or not. It seems to indicate in Corinthians that he was single. Please don't get me afterwards. Some people have said that the thorn in the flesh uh, that he talks about in Corinthians was his wife. And and, uh, the reason for that is that some people have indicated that she may have not had the same passion of belief as he did. Purely conjecture, don't hold me to it. I'm not making a doctrine of it or anything like that. I'm just saying where people are thinking. Singleness literally means undivided. Uh, um, It literally means exactly what it is being on your own now I'm not single uh, I've not been single for a long time I once was and uh, but uh, I uh, I've observed singleness I've observed it up close and personal my oldest daughter uh, didn't get married till she was 31 she navigated singleness right through her teens into her 20s and of course at some of that time at a distance of 12,000 miles because she lived in Australia for six years and I, I watched the the challenges, the temptations, and the issues, uh, particularly of a young woman that would like to get married, that lived out all of her 20s single. 
I think it, uh, it's a particular challenge when you're trying to put God first. And we understand at times, even in this area, that people have wanted to put God first. And then for some reason, they've stopped putting God first. And sometimes the consequences have been huge. So it's left me with a great empathy, burden, consideration for people that are on the singles journey. In the book of Genesis, God in his creative order said that it's not good for man to be alone. It's a principle. It's a principle. It's not good for man to be alone. It doesn't mean that we don't have people that aren't living on their own and aren't living a single life, never more so than in a modern society. Chris is helping this morning. I appreciate the slides going up. And this one's a little stat just to reflect on our UK society. There's about 27 million households in the UK, around about 64, 65 million people that live in the United Kingdom. And about 8 million, 29% of those households are with one person. And this figure is growing year on year. Now, let me say that, uh, I'll come into it in a moment, that that creates some issues for some people. But that figure relates also that some people do that by choice. They like living like that. It's, it's not a problem for them. But we'll come back to that in a moment. So let's look at some of the whys of singleness for a moment. Here we go. Divorced and not remarried or not remarried yet. I don't have time to open up this morning, but as I say, we sometimes think that divorce is a modern 20th century phenomena. It's certainly grown, but here we are in Matthew 18, and Jesus is speaking about it and giving some insight into it. People in our arena church have had to navigate that. Some people whilst they've been in faith, and some people before they came to faith. And then people that are separated, people that have been bereaved, Widow or a widower. And again, we have those people across the life of Arena Church. Some people not yet married. The challenge there, not yet married, but would like to be. Then we have some people that are single by choice. They like being on their own. You may say, I can't imagine anybody that wants to live on their own because that's your mindset. But this is what I'm saying about the 29% of households in the UK. Not all of those people are mad at that situation, angry with it. They like living on their own. They like their independence. We have to respect that. And then, of course, there's calling. And I want to dwell here for a few moments in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 17 and 7, it talks about a sense of being called to this journey for the cause of the kingdom. You may be saying, well, I hope God doesn't call me to do that. No, if he calls you to do it, he'll give you a grace to embrace it. It's a grace to do it. But let me give you one or two examples of this journey of calling into singleness. In the 18th, 19th centuries, the missionary work that went from this nation was absolutely unbelievable. Now, I know we live in a society at times that wants to redefine this at times. They even want to redefine history. And were all the decisions that were made, even in the cause of Christ, good ones? Probably not. But the reality is that the United Kingdom in that era that really came from the, uh, what, who was called the father of missions, William Carey who was a, a, a shoemaker from Northampton. He went to India 41 years. He never had a furlough. 
Um, he, he, he made extraordinary expressions of missionary work. He, uh, he had a printing press burnt down and years of his translatory work was burnt overnight. And uh, even in those days where communication wasn't so easy to get out, you would think that would have hurt the work. The reality was he called dozens of people from all over the world to come and help him in the tasks that he did. So people going out to the nations, even discovering new nations at times with the call of mission, the good news of Jesus Christ. Those people establish schools, those people establish hospitals, those people establish clinics, those people help people uh, in the journey of life. And the reality is that even in an inverted way now, we have people uh, that come back to our nation that were influenced generationally by that missionary call of all those years ago. And people responded to that. And one of the particular responses in that mission movement was women. And women that responded to the call of singleness for the cause of the gospel. Let me mention one or two to you. So Charlotte Lottie Moon, she was an American and she did an amazing missionary work to China. And then Mary Slessor, who was a Scot from Scotland. And Mary had a call to Nigeria. And the story goes that she actually gave up the opportunity to be married for the cause of mission and did an amazing, amazing work. And then Gladys Aylward. Gladys Aylward was a working class girl from London and she found Jesus as the Lord and Savior. She, she used to work in, uh, in, uh, um, in uh, the uh, houses of the, the great and the good. Very, very ordinary background, but she had a tremendous call to China and um, she uh, had a, a, an incredible ministry into orphans. In fact, there was a film many years ago with Ingrid Bergman being this at the star uh, that uh, talked about the, uh, the journey that Gladys Airwood took with many orphans over hundreds of miles to take them to a place of safety. She gave her life over to mission for the call of God. Today, 80 to 85% of single missionaries are women. It's still a calling that impacts people today. I'm not trying to put the call on you. I'm just saying that people respond to this type of call still for the cause of the kingdom. And do you know who can misunderstand them most at times? The church. Because the church will go crassly into, so when are you going to get itch then? They decided they're not for the kingdom call. And we can be so crass at times in the way that we deal with people. These people are amazing. By the way, you know that in Arena Church, we love to liberate people in, in, in ministry. We love to liberate women in ministry. This year, we are having a woman speak at Mother's Day. But for the last few years, I've done it. Because we don't want to run to the stereotype of rolling somebody out once a year and then putting them back in the box. And so we have women ministering. Julie's ministered this morning in lead in our church in a regular basis. We do that theolo uh, philosophically in the church, but we also do it from a theological point of view. And the reality is that many of these women carried an apostolic call into mission, but the problem was when they used to come back to the UK at times, they couldn't even get a voice in a pulpit right. because there was no liberation for them to speak. They did amazing amazing work and if I can say it carefully it's why many of them never came back they just got on with the job 
in the place that they were empowered to do it. And then there are other issues at times. We don't have time to explore those this morning. And Jesus alludes to it in other translations of uh, that New Testament passage. So many, many reasons for singleness. And then let me just uh, point to you a few people that have been single in history, just to underscore the point. Elizabeth I, Leonardo da Vinci, the great uh, pianist and composer Chopin, Handel, Galileo. By the way, Galileo and Isaac Newton, great scientists, were both believers. And so if you're, you're a person that sort of is trying to align your faith with science, it doesn't have to contradict. Through the history of time, there are people that have found a complementation between the great wonders of life and universe and a creator God. And Condoleezza Rice, a more modern example, but Condoleezza Rice held one of the great offices of the United States government as, a, uh, as a, the Secretary of State. Again, a Christ follower, a, a brilliant pianist in her own right. And she rose, for, she rose from uh, a very, very ordinary background to the great high echelons of US government. All these people, single. And then what about Christians? that have been single. Well, Jesus. So there's a good start. And some of you may have read read the Dan Brown books and all of that, the conspiracy theories. Um, Just bear in mind they're exactly that. And uh, they don't align with the authoritative inspired word of God. The the Apostle Paul, a question mark, for the reasons I've said. Uh, John Calvin, one of the great theologians of uh, the Reformed history, And uh, John Calvin's teaching set Europe alight. Uh, Some people say, I'll be a bit naughty for a moment, you're a Calvinist. Well, John Calvin wasn't. He just wrote things and then people lashed onto them. But incredible writings. Corrie ten Boom, some of you have read the books of how God blessed Corrie ten Boom uh, during the the, the war and how her life came under threat. David Brainard, that should be David, Davis, my mistake. Um, But David Brainard was one of the greatest prayer warriors that the church has ever seen and reached out to the uh, naturalized Americans uh, in an amazing, amazing way. John Stott, who recently passed away, John Stott was the uh, minister of All Souls Langham Place right in the heart of London for many, many years. A brilliant writer, a brilliant evangelical Christian, died in his 90s, never got married. We could go on. Again, I'm trying to make the point that sometimes this is the journey of people's lives. I'm going to wrestle with two, three more things before we close this morning. Number one, the lows of singleness. The lows. I'm coming to the highs, but uh, the lows. Loneliness. Loneliness. It may be that you're in, and I'm going to come to this as well, it may be that you're in Arena Church and that's something that you wrestle with. Did you know that uh, under Theresa May's government, before the big changes at the end of last year, she established a minister for loneliness, such as the problem in our nation. Uh, there was a piece in the, uh, in the uh, local press just this last week and on the East Midlands News, sadly, of a man in Nottingham that had uh, basically emancipated away. Nobody had made a connection with him. A lonely man that came to a dreadful death. Can I encourage you to keep a lookout for people that perhaps are lonely, that live near you? Um, low self-esteem and worth in other words maybe you've had some words said to you so that you, you feel that you can't live in who you are but you're always comparing yourself with what you want to be uh, loss of direction loss of identity fear 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 of what 
Well, fear of the fact that you don't want to be single forever, and you might be. And it washes over you at times. Drift, your life's on hold. Maternal, paternal instincts. Um, And as I say, I watch this particularly acute, I'm going to be careful, but particularly acute amongst women that have a strong maternal uh, instinct and yet are single and want to put God first and want to live it right and want to create environments where they can make, all those things are challenges. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lack of intimacy, stigma, social discomfiture. When you go to the party, you're on your own. So you think, oh, not bother. And so you tend to go in on yourselves. All these things are real. And these things at times can wash over Christians. They are not immune from the lows of singleness. I'm asking you this morning, as Julie was encouraging us, that we find grace in these things. That we, we literally, in terms of our prayer journey, bring them to God, share them with God, be open with God. You can be as open with God as you want to be. You can share your heart. He's interested in every need of your life. He cares for you. He knows about you. And if one of, and, and what I'm encouraging you to do today is not to be defined by what society would say over you, but I am who you say I am. And be defined by the identity of Jesus that sits over you. And nobody can take that from you. Now, the highs of singleness. Independence. You can do what you want within reason. Single-mindedness. Flexibility of lifestyle. Ability to develop wider interests. Not pulling back on friendships, but having friendships in many contexts. So not restricted in friendships, but liberated into them. Money. Um, it may be that, actually, so you're right saying that, I got left with debt by my partner. Uh, I'm having to bail myself out. I'm in a low-paid job. I understand all of those things. But the potential of, for you to have some additional finances single is uh, on the ratios of whether you would or not quite high. You can spend it on yourself. An ability for lifelong learning. You can pitch up for that Thursday night class to learn Spanish apart from when it's not the Bible school night. but uh, <laughs> And nobody's going to stop you. A great liberation to life, spontaneity. Yeah. So you can get on that website and book that holiday fairly quickly because there's nobody else to think about apart from you. Helping others. Many single people feel free to help others. Maybe uh, volunteering in the health service, in education, in uh, helping the needy, etc., etc., We have people around our church, if I can spread that volunteerism into expressions of ministry that do an amazing job. And one of the reasons they do that is because they're free to do it. Going back to what I said earlier, that singleness allows us to be wholly devoted to the kingdom of God. And you should never underestimate that. I'm telling you, the kingdom grows. The kingdom's expanded. The gospel goes forth in the earth. Because people very deliberately, intentionally, prayerfully and willfully have sown into that particular call. You might say, well, the highs don't take away the sting of the lows. I understand that. But I encourage you to find some balance between the lows and the highs. And as we come to the end of the message this morning, you may feel, it's all right for you, Phil, but that small consolation to me 
Let me say, without it being cliche, but on the authority of the word of God, he knows, and you can keep taking it to him. Now then, as we come towards the end, what about the local church? What about the local church and its heady cocktail of, uh, of people, a kaleidoscope of personalities and temperaments and journeys and brokenness and redemption and restoration? The reality is that any progressive church, any church that's trying to reach out to people, any church that's saying all are welcome, any church that's opening the doors every Sunday morning to say it's another opportunity for people to come are going to have single people in it. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. Some of that singleness reflects great brokenness of the past. And we want to be empathetic, sympathetic, to those sorts of things. For some people, it it reflects some gigantic mistakes that have been made. And God's bringing those people back to wholeness and blessing. For some people, it's choice, sometimes a quiet choice. For some people, it's the particular season of their life. Here's three things in how the church ought to respond to the challenge of singleness. And here's what we want to do in Arena Church. Number one, our attitude Two, your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus. I just love the embrace in all-inclusive ministry of Jesus. That didn't mean that he didn't challenge things at times. But Jesus not only had his arms out wide when he died for us on the cross, he seemed as though he had his arms out wide metaphorically right through his ministry. And if I can give a picture of Jesus, friends, across the earth today and across Arena Church, it's this. It's this. The attitude too. And then the acceptance of. In Romans 15 and 7, it says, accept one another. In the New Testament, there's about 60 one another's. They They reflect relationship, community, togetherness. Accept one another and we need to seek to do that in practical ways at times that we don't shun and push back but we draw in and sometimes we've got to make specific definite intentional decisions to do that may God help us and then by assisting by the Bible says in Psalms that he sets the lonely in families and I say very genuinely to people this morning that suffer with loneliness, we can't fill 24-7 of your life as much as we'd like. But God can. But God can. He never leaves us or forsakes us. But we do want to create environments in the life of the church, be that through Sunday mornings, be it through small groups that we're going to be talking about a little bit more over the next few weeks be it through you getting involved in a service ministry, etc., etc., where you can feel very much part of a family. And uh, we've been talking a little bit at the beginning of the year about the church being an army, good to do so, but the church is a family. It is a family of God. And we want you to feel that within that journey, you can feel planted in the house and blessed by the fellowship that you enjoy. I believe increasingly, friends, in the church, we need to educate, we need to articulate that single people are valued and precious and that we need to emancipate those people into knowing God, finding freedom, discovering their purpose and making a difference in their singleness journey. 
For some people, of course, it's seasonal. In our church, we've had some beautiful stories over the year of people that were single and then uh, are now married, married again. And we try and navigate that well. We try and uh, rejoice with those that rejoice. And it may be that for you, something's going to shift into the future. Let me say to young people across this room this morning that um, God knows all about your heart, all about your situations. And I want to encourage you to keep praying about this to God. I'm absolutely convinced that God's interested in all of that. I really, really, really am. And uh, I just encourage you to keep praying, to keep lifting it to God and keep believing that he will work out his purposes in your life. And so three final things. They're not just, um, they're not just uh, challenges uh, to single people, but if this is an issue, a challenge to burden to you, number one, bring your desires to the heart of God in trust. Psalm says, trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean on to your own understanding and to bring the desires of your heart. Bring them to God. If I can say it respectfully, don't keep dropping them on everybody else every time you meet them because then there's a tendency for people to... But keep bringing them to God. He's interested. Seek first the kingdom. Matthew 6.33, one of our favourite verses Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. So the promise follows the priority, not the priority of the promise. So if you will seek, what does it mean seeking first the kingdom? It's nothing more complicated than saying, God, you are first in my life. Your rule comes first in my life. You may have to pray some deep prayers to release that out. But as you implement the priority, you can claim the promise that God knows about all the things. And if I can contextualize Matthew 6, Jesus is saying, I know the lilies of the fields. I know the birds of the air. I know every detail about That's the context of Matthew 6. He's also saying to us, seek primarily treasures in heaven and not treasures on earth. But if you'll do it, God will bless you. And number three, be in faith. Be in faith. Romans 8, 28, just a little bit before Julie read to us in the leading of the service this morning, tells us that God works everything together for good to those that love God and accord according to his purposes. This is how the message says it. God will make all things work together for good and fit and plan for those that love God, as those people are fitting into his plans. I want to suggest this morning, friends, that they're not just three things for people on a single journey. They're three principles for all of us. That we would bring the desires of our heart to God and trust him. That we would seek first his kingdom. And that we would always be in faith. Be assured as we close the message this morning that God loves you and Arena Church loves you. And uh, I listen carefully to people, both in deliberate conversations at times and uh, meetings that we have, but also in the, just the wash of meeting together. I observe some of the journeys that people have had to go on and the reality is that some of those journeys are tough. 
sacrificial and uh, have to really work out out of a complete and open trust to God. If that's your journey this morning, we want to say we stand with you, we love you, we appreciate you, but more than that, God does. And you're in his absolute identity. He set you within a family and we want to cheer you on in your journey. If you're content with your situation, fantastic. If you'd like it to change, let's keep praying and believing. But ultimately, let's keep putting the Lord first because out of relationship with him, he makes all things fit together well. Let's pray.